You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and this episode is with Common Holly. As listeners, we see albums as journeys, but we're usually ignorant to just how taxing it could be for the creators of these albums to make these bodies of work. For them to delve deep within their minds and their experiences, to essentially mine themselves to make songs, it doesn't come easy. And to hear the latest album by Common Holly, you'd be left wondering how someone could go so deep within themselves. But to hear this chat about it, you're met with quite the opposite. Instead, you're reminded of how liberating, how cathartic it could be to create art, how liberating it could be to just express yourself. We go into all that and more on this talk. Yeah, you know, you're just going to love it. This is the 405 Exchange of Common Holly. Enjoy. Everything goes the way I have in mind I feel that we will get along this time This situation will work out just fine Shadows that I don't even recognize Can't guide myself without turning so something that made me laugh earlier on is I was on your Facebook, your Facebook page, and I saw a photo from I think it was back in Halloween where you were either at like I think Billboard or Stereo Gum, and you were wearing like a onesie. Yes. Can you explain that photo because it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, it's not too much of a story apart from the fact that um, it was Halloween and I was going to do a live session at the Stereo Gum office. Yeah. And they were like, uh, is Brigitte going to dress up? And then my manager, Dan, was like, Brigitte, are you going to dress up? <laughs> and I was like, ugh, I don't know, do I have to? <laughs> He's like, I don't know, I think it would be fun. So I went back and forth, actually. Um, because I was trying to figure out like what the best thing would be to wear mm-hmm. that doesn't look like, you know, it's my stage outfit that I would normally wear as Common Holly, but also that, you know, doesn't cover up my face so that I'm unrecognizable. So it was actually like a, a kind of a strategic planning thing. Wow, like you have to put like some proper thought into this. <laughs> yeah, some proper thought. And then oh. ultimately I ended up boiling it down to like what is most convenient for me since I'm, <laughs> since I'm on tour I have zero room in my suitcase and I won't have time to like buy anything or rent anything. Was it a unicorn onesie or? It was a hedgehog. Oh okay. So I called The nose it. is quite pointed then. Yeah well I mean I think the nose is like pretty round but it's like Protruding. Yeah, it's protruding. <laughs> like a hedgehog would. Yeah, me. as a hedgehog knows. Um, So I was a rock and roll hedgehog because I had my guitar. And uh, it's actually, uh, it's it's Dan, my manager's costume. Oh, is so it? I made sure that he sent me a photo of himself uh, <laughs> in it first to approve it. You know what, for those listening who don't know Dan, that's definitely the type of thing I could see Dan owning. So that's actually <laughs> quite funny. You were on tour recently. and mm-hmm. I mean, you're here in Brooklyn to play a show, but you just did a tour. And I'm curious, how was this particular tour for you? Um, it was great. It was my first tour um, all by myself, so I was solo. I didn't have like a tour manager or uh, you know anyone accompanying me, so it was it was definitely a huge learning experience um, on yeah. that end. Just kind of, 
you know, loading in, running around, finding out where the office is to get paid, and then, you know, setting up my merch and doing soundcheck, playing the show, you know, selling the merch, packing up, yeah. figuring out where I was, you know, living that night, etc. So that part of it was definitely laborious, but in terms of like performances, I mean, I, so I toured with three different bands. Mm -hmm. I toured with um, Julian Baker, so that was with Halfwave as well from yeah. New York. And then I toured with uh, The Hotelier and Alex Napping. And then at the end, I toured with Phaser Days um, from New Zealand. Oh, nice one. It was super fun because they all have amazing, attentive audiences. Yeah. Um, so as a solo act especially, I think you really rely on your audiences, you know, being silent and being engaged. And yeah. um, so, yeah, it was just really amazing to have that experience everywhere we went. And, and all these bands are like quite popular. So it was sold out everywhere. So I got to play it at these, you know, 300 person audiences where you could hear a pin drop and, and everyone wow. was there with you and, and that was really magical. Was that Julian Baker tour? Was that also, was that, were you on the show when she did here at Town Hall? No, I wasn't. That was going to be uh, two nights after. So I did their okay. two Canadian dates. Oh, okay, that cool. was Toronto and Montreal. Nice. Where did she play in Toronto? Um, it's a venue called the Opera House. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, oh. it is beautiful. It's I mean, it's a very old theater. That must have been mind blowing. Yeah, it was it was amazing, and that was also um, the biggest audience that I've ever played to. I think there were eight hundred and fifty people there. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> and just little me on the stage, um, so that was fabulous. And I um, wasn't afraid to mention to the audience that I was terrified. <laughs> was that was that like during at the start of song two, or was that like probably near the tail end when you let the audience know? Do you remember? Mm, probably, you know, right. As I was starting, I might have started. I always start with a song before I introduce myself, so I probably did one very nervous track <laughs> and then admitted, you know, where I was at, and from then on, it was really oh, man. special. That's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I wonder though, like when you do touring like that, when you're by yourself and you're dealing with all those tasks, like you were saying, like, do you ever feel like on this particular tour, I mean, like, did you have any time to write or even think about writing? No, <laughs> no chance. I mean, I had one day off in LA yeah. and I was sick so I just slept all day wow. <laughs> um, yeah there's no time to even think about writing I guess I mean I think in situations where you're on tours where you're driving more mm -hmm. there's more time to kind of get in your head I think yeah. um, this one there were a lot of short flights or you know if I was driving I was in the van with the other bands so you know it was social time and, yeah um, no I mean I think it, sometimes it happens that you can be on tour and you forget that writing's even an option you know and then you get home and you're like oh yeah like this is what I love doing <laughs> yeah what I'm really curious about though is like and I find it particularly fascinating asking you because when I listened to your album, it striked me as someone as... You strike me as someone who's probably writing all the time. Mm. And it was almost like a thing of making this album was consolidating your ideas. And I wonder, like, when you're in a situation like that on a tour where you don't have, you know, the brain power or the time or the energy to write, what does that feel like for you? Like, would, would that be fair to say that you're usually writing all the time? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty adequate. I don't know where you gleaned that from, but it's definitely true. Yeah. Um, I think it's just like how the songs come across. They sound very considered. Mm, yeah, oh, that's nice. Um, I think I write a lot 
in passing, you know, in in free moments, usually when I'm traveling or walking or those kinds of situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll usually, you know, either start with a line or just like blab out a whole song and then, you know, pick through it later on. Um, but uh, yeah, I think in this kind of situation where there's, you know, the tour section and then the writing section, it's really just like you you have your moments for output and you have your moments for input. And I think like maybe you're doing both on tour. You're, you know, getting all of this information. You're receiving so much and you're also outputting every night, but you don't have time to really like sit down and, and put it somewhere. Um, and I've noticed definitely since I've returned that I've, I've had all of this creative energy that I've wanted to use to output. That's what my next question was going to be. Cause <laughs> I just imagine considering you were, the way you were touring, it must've been like, once you finally got the chance to sit down, it was like, Oh wait, I have all these things. You must, feel, I imagine you must feel like you had so much to say, or you were thinking about a lot. Definitely. Um, I think it's easy to forget your experiences if you don't sit down and reflect on them and that's especially present when you're on tour and changing places every single day you don't ever get to you know have your footing and um so I think taking pictures is really important for that um writing down little notes if you can if you do have time for it and then yeah the the reflection period following tour is is great for that and really important, you know, for your own processing and, and probably mental health and all that. You know, that's one of the things that blows me away about musicians, like, time and time again, and, like, constantly, is the fact that when you, like, break down essentially what you do as a songwriter, it really is a matter of reflection, like, reflecting mm-hmm. both inwardly and outwardly is your job. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Is that kind of trippy, recognizing that? Like, knowing <laughs> that that's what you have to do to work? I mean, I think in a way it's reassuring because if what you rely on most is reflection then all that you need is time and I guess inspiration inspiration is is essentially just experience so (laughs) you know if you're experiencing your life and then you take the time to reflect upon it then you're gonna have like endless sources of creation it's good that you see it that way because I feel like I mean, I'm always curious when people find themselves with writer's block. I wonder if, like, it seems so obvious saying that, but then it makes me wonder, like, what stops other people from saying that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, writer's block is an interesting one. I honestly think writer's block probably comes from expectation more than anything else, because mm. um, as soon as you start to perceive yourself from the outside and, and you have expectations for yourself and maybe other people have expectations for you, mm-hmm. I think you get into an editor mind more than a writer mind. That makes a lot of sense. I've never thought of it that way before. Yeah, I think that's probably the most harmful thing for inspiration is, is uh, you know, putting yourself in this place of, of uh, scrutinizing and, and criticizing rather than just experiencing and then creating from that directly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I want to jump to the album now, uh, Playing House. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did it start for you? Like, when did you know you're working towards a record? Um, yeah, good question. I think it all started actually from the song New Bed, which is one of my oldest songs, and it's the last track on the album. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
my friend Devin, who co-produced the record with me, um, that's Devin Bate, he heard that song and I think he said something like, oh, I would produce the shit out of that song. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's fucking uh, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, hey, listen, like, I've been working on all these songs. I want to make an album. Like, maybe this is the, the collaboration we're looking for. Um, and that was probably two years ago now. Oh. Um, and then, so we just got to working. We, we kind of worked out our process as we went along, and we recorded it all either, you know, in his bedroom or at my mom's cabin. So it was very home space DIY style. That's really cool. <laughs> With the cabin, like, how far away is the cabin from, like, the nearest town or city? Or is it kind of, like, situated oh, from... It's the... not that far. It's probably a 20-minute drive from the town. Okay. Yeah. But d- did it still feel kind of insular there? Oh, definitely. You get into the cabin and you don't leave. You know, you pack all yeah. your stuff there <laughs> for as long as you're going to be there. because. Uh, and that's that's the great part about it is just you wake up and you get to work and then you, you know, have your meals or whatever and you go to bed and that's it. That's incredible. You get to like quite literally live with your craft. Yeah, exactly. That's really cool. It's amazing. I actually have plans to go back there in two weeks to get recording again. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it, was it, like, do you feel like the previous experience you had from doing that was catharsis and, like, how you, of songwriting Oh, yeah, absolutely. When, when I'm in recording, that's, you know, except for, you know, the parts where you're spending hours doing minor edits, but the recording and arranging process for me is, is by far the most exciting part of being a musician. Really? Yeah. When Um, do you feel like you realize that? Probably while doing this album, Playing House, just like getting in there and, you know, having ideas, having a vision for each song, but you'll, you know, you never know until you really get into the song what it's gonna come out as. And if you have moments where you're, you know, flipping book pages and dropping logs and making beats out of that, like, like those are really special moments. And actually, uh, Devin and I, we like separate um, song making into two sections. There's like the note taking section and the zone section. (laughs) Oh, I love this. So we take a bunch of notes on, you know, whatever we've got. We fix all those little things. We get rid of everything and then we get into the zone and whatever our ideas are, we go, we throw things in, we do this, we do that. And then, you know, we'll come back to it the next session and do notes and be like, oh my God, this was the worst (laughs) shit I've ever heard. (laughs) But sometimes it's like, this is the best idea ever. And we go from there, you know? It's really great that you've let, with, particularly with Devin that you found yourself being able to communicate some with someone about your songwriting so succinctly because that's like that's huge it is so important to work with someone that you have the same vision as I think we might have disagreed once in the whole of the process and ultimately one of us was convinced by the other and um yeah, it's pretty amazing. It, it's like a very symbiotic relationship. I don't take it for granted. That's really amazing. I want to know in regards to playing house because I had this idea while I was listening to it, but I would love to hear uh, your take on it. Mm-hmm. It felt that the album was it was like referencing a particular time in your life or maybe like a particular place that you found yourself in. And I wonder if like when you look back on the album or even when you were making it with like the lyrics particularly, do you feel like it harkens back to a specific place in your life? Definitely. Um, I mean, I like to kind of describe the album as my Taylor Swift breakup love song album. (laughs) (laughs) 
Which it is. I mean, you know, except for the last track, they're all referring to um, one big breakup that I had. Um, and that's also why all the songs came together, you know, in relatively the same time period. Um, it was definitely like the fallout from that and the whole process of it. And I think that also lends itself to all the, the dynamic changes in the song. It's just like, yeah, this is a process. Um, so, sorry, I forgot the question. <laughs> no, you, you answered it, but to like go a bit deeper, you did answer it, but yeah. I, with what you just said now, it kind of like makes me feel, it makes me realize why I felt that way listening to the album, because it felt like, what really intrigued me, it really stuck out to me, is that it felt like each song, like I knew because it's an album, naturally you wrote these songs all from the same span of time, but yeah. it felt like each song was, in, was informed by the last song. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. I think that's, how ultimately we decided to order the songs. Um, it wasn't planned, definitely it wasn't planned. Um, mm -hmm. But with the production and with the themes, it did, It definitely worked out as a trajectory. And I think like you start, you know, the first track is If After All, and it starts big and exciting and, you know, chaotic. And then, you know, it starts to slowly droop down into like this dark, area this this hole and then um at the end with the last track new bed it, it sort of re-emerges in this ambiguously emotive place yeah. and leaves you maybe unsure of what to feel or you know however you want to interpret your feeling from it i'm curious speaking strictly like musically and instrumentally in regards to the album i wonder when it comes to making an album like this and you're in the studio mm -hmm. like because did it usually start with lyrics first and then like the instrumentation or was it the other way around for you? It really depends. Um, I always feel that my best stuff comes all at once. Yeah. Um, if I'm, you know, walking around and I start singing words to myself and then I write them down as I go on my phone or, or I record them into my phone or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably because like the flow of the words and the melody are so married in those kinds of instances. Yeah. Uh, it definitely happens that I'll write the words first or I'll have a melody in my head first and I try to fit words to it as well. Yeah. So it really depends. In regards to that, I guess what I was really curious about is when you're making songs like this and the like the instrumentation element i wonder like does it ever feel difficult in the studio to make this is going to sound a bit like wordy but like does it ever make it difficult does it ever feel difficult to make these songs make sense within the context of each other like when you see them as a whole definitely like, yeah. yeah oh it's it's for sure a challenge and i think i mean playing house has a pretty huge range production wise and part of what makes it flow is definitely the theme um definitely the vocals um and then also just you know Devin has a sound and I have a sound so I think those two things together allow for some consistency as well and then of course like you know we put each song next to the other and and we say like okay how can we start here and end up here you know it's there yeah. is definitely strategizing to it that's really cool. I want to talk about After All, because that's a pretty standout tune. How did that song come together? If After All, the hit. <laughs> yeah. The closest thing out to a hit. That one was like, it's funny, the hits <laughs> seem to be kind of what we thought would be the outliers when we were in recording. So really? yeah, so If After All, Nothing, um, Lullaby, those are definitely ones that we 
weren't sure how they were going to fit in the album and ultimately ended up being the most popular, which is quite funny. Yeah. Um, if After All is just like a weird song. Yeah. <laughs> And so we thought, how do we produce this? And we honestly just went into it with very few ideas and probably a lot of fear. Mm. Like, will this work? And will this make it onto the album? And then um, the choice to make it first was was pretty bold. And I think we were definitely afraid of doing that. But um, it seems to have worked really well just in terms of like having a pretty powerful and kind of experimental first statement um, to draw you in for the rest. Does it feel that way in regards to the song, like as a statement? I think it feels like a statement for mm. sure. Um, it's like a statement of, you know, dizzy emotional experience. Um, and the whole thing is about trying to be better, but always forgetting how. and. Uh, I think that that kind of opens the way to the rest of it. It's like, well, okay, what are what is the history that brought you there? It's it's kind of like starting at the end and going back in a way. Mm. Um, so yeah, definitely, and and it's you know produced starting at folk and ending at kind of math rock and yeah. <laughs> it's everything on a platter you know it's like a tasting platter you know what i love about how you described that just now is because i feel like within the middle of that there's this element of feeling almost disoriented as you're going throughout the journey but mm -hmm. it's never like it's it doesn't feel like it's you're disoriented but it doesn't feel like you're about to trip if that makes any sense it doesn't yeah. feel like you're ever too you're teetering off a ledge right yeah, no, that's a good way to describe it. I think maybe because each section is distinct but quite short, it doesn't let you fall too far away from the song. Yeah, I think that's a very good point as well. I wanted to ask about another song that I really stuck out to me, uh, The Rose. The Rose, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about it? <laughs> well, particularly, like... I Like, that's one of those songs that I listened to and I found myself thinking, like, God, what was it? what was it like to finish a song like this? Like, mm -hmm. not even, like, the making of it, but, like, the moment you were done writing it and producing And you were talking earlier about, like, how much you love the editing process in the studio and how you're able to, like, rearrange things. Mm -hmm. I mean, with a song like that, how... Two things. What did it feel like finishing it? And how different was the finished version of the song from what you originally came up with? <laughs> yeah, um, so, finishing that was awesome. I think it was probably my favorite song well one of my favorites my other favorite was the desert um, oh that's another favorite of mine as well <laughs> um the rose i think really struck me because i got to make the most of like my harmonic ideas especially at the beginning and then i really liked how it culminated at the end um and i felt maybe most emotionally attached to it by the point of recording yeah um so yeah, I think it, it was very satisfying at the end. And also because that was one of the ones we weren't sure what we would do with. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I mean, there's kind of the first half and the second half in there. And the second half is kind of like this booty rock weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, which doesn't, you know, if I do all the writing on guitar and voice, like it's hard to plan for that kind of arrangement in advance. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, at the beginning, you know, before we went into recording, only the, you know, section with the singing and guitar existed, and then the chords for the last section existed, but there was no real sense of how to use them. 
and I think initially um, Devin was skeptical about having the last section at all and then I remember going to bed one night and kind of singing it to myself over and over and being like I know what we have to do wow. <laughs> and then I went into studio the next day and I was like Devin we're gonna take this we're gonna do it this way and he was like oh yeah that could work actually that's amazing <laughs> yeah and and that's like the that's what we end up hearing on the record then, exactly right? yeah that's amazing yeah 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 you know it's been really cool chatting with you I have one more question and it's it's pertaining to what you brought up earlier mm -hmm. uh, but pretty much the whole album as a whole is that like it's funny, when I was listening to the album, I had the feeling it was a breakup record, but I feel like you did such a good job at not making it seem too obvious. Mm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that's great. Happy yeah. to hear that. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> and, like, something I find myself wondering with, like, albums or even songs that are in pertaining to breakups is that you have to dig so deep when you're making the album and you're writing it and you're editing it and you're considering everything. Mm -hmm. I wonder what, as you as a songwriter, has made this album. What do you feel like it taught you, taught you about yourself after it was done? Because I feel like yeah. an aspect of reflection is the only thing that could happen, really. Totally. Uh, it was, I mean, a necessary reflection, for sure. I think I might have imploded without doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I think that the title, Playing House, is pretty apt to sort of describe the, the process of making the album, which is to say that, like, you know, Playing House refers to like trying to be an adult when you are not <laughs> necessarily yeah. um, and that referred to the relationship I had been in but I think also in a sense like for me this was my attempt to become an adult in a way by sort of taking my first steps um, in being deliberate and like taking deliberate actions mm -hmm. instead of you know I think as a child you're more likely to let things come to you and let things happen to you and you're provided with certain things you know in a lot of settings in school and by your family and so on and when you become an adult you start to make decisions and you start to you know speak with opinions that are informed and that are you know tailored to you and I think for me this was my first you know deliberate statement it was just like this is something I've created that represents a really important part of my life um, and so yeah because of that I think uh, I was able to just sort of have this thing that stood for me and, and meant something really important do you feel like you realized that when it came when it came to the end of making the album or when you were in the middle of making it I think I set out to do it and along the way I forgot it was an eight-month process and by the end of it I remember listening to all the final masters and actually when I got to the rose I remember I just like broke down and I thought I remember why I'm doing all of this and I understand uh, how important it's been to me and to my development and and yeah. hopefully you know that other people will then resonate with it I mean what, what's it like to have like a tangible thing like that because it is the albums are tan like it's tangible yeah I mean it's amazing I just can't wait to do more of it <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you suspect like next year it's just gonna be like all steams go for you with it yeah definitely <laughs> I <good>. hope so <laughs> I love yeah. that cause your face it was very like yeah for sure duh I'll <laughs> <laughs> be duh dude thank you for chatting man. yeah thanks so much Karen of course that's awesome just fine if 